0: I'm Zach.
1: I'm Riff.
2: I'm Jim, and I'm Kevin.
0: And it's time for episode number three hundred of Video Games Hot Dog, uh, what should be a milestone, but uh, what we're really just uh, phoning in. Literally, we are I, all in different states right now, except for
1: Jim and Kevin. I, I meant to get one of those like party blowout things, but I forgot.
0: I mean, really, the the East Bay is like a different state.
3: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Different state of mind for sure. we talking up earlier. Uh, Jim had to stay home uh, because of his wedding planning. Yep. Or really just because he's watching The Wedding Planner on DVD over you, and over again. You
3: can't plan a wedding and ride a train on the same day. You can
0: pick your friends and you can plan your wedding, but you can't plan your
3: friend's wedding. Yeah, that's why we have to do it ourselves. If you could, I would do it for you. That would have been that would have been nice of you. That would have been a good wedding gift.
0: Yeah, I wish... I wish there was something I could do to make it easier on you, but I just I just can't. I can't fix the in the institution of marriage, Jim. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Couldn't you abolish it or uh, something,
0: maybe? Me personally? Yeah. I wish. That's
2: not within your power?
0: You should you know, it would be interesting to go to a courthouse and say, Yeah, I would like to have marriage annulled, and they would say, <laughs> Your marriage? And you would say, No, just marriage as a concept.
3: Marriage in general. Yeah.
0: How's it going fellas? We're 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 all spread out here. It's uh the sky took on a very apocalyptic tone. There was there's a big dust storm, so the sunset was kind of just smeared across everything and it the temperature dropped by 15 degrees and then the power kept going out. So, huh. I'm pretty sure the end of days are upon us. Mm, it's that not was like ne- there was any sort
2: of like, you know, s- celestial sign earlier this week.
1: Yeah, so. there wasn't some kind of like huge terrible omen about that or anything.
2: Yeah, our our
0: president was here in the in the city of Phoenix last night.
1: Uh, if that counts as an omen, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Was he there to look at the so sun?
0: I, no, no. But I I I would not uh, I would not disbelieve the notion that we're being smitten. You know, to say smitten as the past <laughs> tense of smite really mm-hmm. doesn't work because smitten is a thing that you think of as being like, oh, that that puppy is really smitten with that pink rubber ball.
3: Well, that means the uh, ball is smacking him in the head.
0: Oh, I see. It means that that ball is a punishment for, a punishment from a vengeful god. Yeah, right. it's
3: it's like love struck, you know,
2: right? You've been hit, yeah, hit by love. Yeah,
0: but just the tone has changed over time.
2: That's true. I went to go see the eclipse up in Oregon. It was Yeah, how many yeah, how, how many that. of us really saw fucking that. cool. <laughs> I uh, I've never been to like a totality zone ever uh and it was really cool. I kind of want to do it again. Um maybe in 2024 when it's back in the states go to one of the i'm with you because
0: we could stay at my grandpa's house and it's i think maybe
2: actually in the totality zone it i it seems like what carbondale or whatever is is at the intersection of both this 2017's total eclipse and 2024's total eclipse Mm -hmm. which means that like yeah like something's gonna going on down there right like some sort
0: of I hell I thought the werewolves were.
1: are all kinds of pissed
0: yeah <laughs> yeah Carbondale's full of werewolves too it's crazy this is gonna be really awkward and weirdly timed because uh, we're all uh, distant from one another Kevin tell us about your Oregon trip
2: uh, I drove up the coast uh, for a couple days sort of took a leisurely trip uh, up up the way uh, stayed in Eureka and Coos Bay um, like Eureka, like Y R E K A, like
0: bakery backwards. Uh,
2: no, that is uh, like Eureka, California, not Yreka, California or Oregon. I forget which state oh, that one's so in. So actually, Eureka, like Archimedes. Yeah, like like Archimedes. Um, the coastal, the coastal one, uh and that was actually nice. That was it's a cute little town. Um. And then stayed in Portland for like 12 hours. <laughs> uh, we like got Why'd a hotel. Did you go see Riff? Uh, no, it did, the timing did not work out well. And then since we're going to be back there in a couple of weeks, I figured it was not, uh, not the yeah, worst it thing seemed, to.
1: seemed easiest.
2: Yeah. It was, it was, uh, we, we were there for a little while. We got a hotel room, stayed in the hotel room until 1 a.m., and then got up and like raced down to the totality zone. Um, to try to like stake out some territory uh which which worked out pretty well we got to a rest stop along the five and pulled over there to to watch it and there were
3: the totality zone is pretty broad isn't it it's
2: like 60 miles across um if you get into the very middle of it you get like an extra five or ten seconds of totality uh, compared to the edges um right and that doesn't seem worth going way out of your way for though well it's it goes by real fast it's it's mm. it's definitely worth like trying to maximize your time if it's not too much of a hassle um and like you, you... know what i was about Bing.
0: to ask you know what oh. stupid ass question i was about to ask you does it always happen during the day
2: <laughs> 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 there's i mean there are eclipses yes. where this, this earth's shadow passes across the moon and that's that can yeah, be that's cool kind of boring though. Oh, the moon's gone.
3: There's so it's also, just like
2: most of the time.
3: There's also the eclipse where the earth passes between you and the sun.
2: Right. That happens pretty regularly. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's real routine.
2: <laughs> I always just like
0: sleep through that though for the most part.
3: Yeah, I I, I missing the best, best part work of the day. Done during that eclipse.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I tend yeah. to be
1: awake during those ones. I I skip the uh the other side of it. Is yeah, that... <laughs> so I'm
0: pretty sure that my the town where yeah. I grew up is in the middle of the totality
2: zone for the 2024 eclipse. So we should just go back there. Like, we have plenty of places to stay. Uh, I was thinking of maybe going to Indianapolis. I, like, the idea of trying to find some way to be on top of a tall building uh, was appealing to me. Either that or uh, a mountain. Like I want to be in the woods.
1: Uh, you don't. I don't I want to be on the moon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, on the far side of the moon. So you can say, hey, only I can get a tan now.
1: (laughs) That's right. I'm stealing it all for myself.
2: (laughs) I think, like, letting your skin hang out on the moon so that you can get a tan would probably be a bad scene.
3: (laughs) Well, you bring a tanning booth, and then you lie in the tanning booth on the far side of the moon. Okay. And then you'd be safe. Yeah.
0: All right. The way I prevent my skin from hanging out on the moon is I have a strict curfew. If my if my skin is not home by 8 p.m., That's right. no Nintendo <laughs> for the rest of the
2: week.
3: Maybe it would be a solar-powered tanning booth.
2: <laughs> oh man. That's it's like a good. solar oven, right? You just you just get a bunch of mirrors, point them point em at right, you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like Halle Berry in that hacking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't um, remember that.
2: Where was what happened there? In,
0: in Swordfish, it's like Halle Berry's topless scene. She has one of those like mirrors that you wrap around your face when you're sunbathing in a movie. I see. Anyway, that movie I... was really good, and <laughs> scholars will study it for decades.
2: <laughs> we could. Uh, what about the the mirrors used in Legend? Uh, that that was also a like a solar. And weren't those just like
0: repurposed dinner dinner plates? Yeah, I think so. That's the most unrealistic thing about that movie. There is no way that those goblins would have kept their dinner plates that well polished. Like you saw what they ate and how they treated women. There's just no way. There's no way they're (laughs) going to take care of their household duties. Um, so do you, it do you, was, I mean, do you, do you, surely you don't regret going to Oregon to see the eclipse. It must have been really cool, right? No, it was great. Uh, it was. You were, you were in awe of nature's majesty.
2: It, it Like it, it was bizarre. Like, I mean, you can hear this, like people tell the story of how it like goes where it like it slowly gets darker around you and you can like look up at the sun with your special ISO glasses and see like the chunk of it sort of. Getting eaten away. And then through the glasses, the last little sliver disappears. And then you sort of look like, and so the sun just sort of disappears because you can't, you can only see really the sun itself. And then you take the glasses off and you can see the, 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 just this ring in the sky where the, where the moon has blocked the sun. And up until that point, the sun more or less looks kind of normal with the naked eye. I mean, you can't really stare at it without going blind. Uh, but it doesn't because it is so bright it doesn't really look to the naked eye all that weird until totality happens and then it's just all of a sudden just this black disc in the sky with this just um, like amazing white aura around it and it's it's like it's twilight like the light around you is twilight uh ish it's it's a weird kind of light um I don't know it's it's super super cool (laughs)
0: like it, it's weird because a, a total solar eclipse is the only time when werewolves and vampires are equally powerful. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it is a very Twilight situation.
1: Oh God! Oh, Did yeah, you do see the, uh, they, Do you think vampires get like that two minute holiday where they get to go outside? Do they plan for that like months in advance?
0: Yeah, they can. We can finally go to the beach because <laughs> it's warm. <laughs>
3: Did you uh, see the those weird, like, gray shadow worms that run away from you during the eclipse? <laughs> uh, okay. I, yeah,
2: Jim, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, okay. I didn't know to look for them.
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know much about these either. Apparently, they're very poorly documented and maybe apocryphal. Okay.
2: It's You only but get they- a couple minutes of, of total eclipse to look for stuff, so, I mean, I... Shadowworms was not uh, was not on my list, unfortunately, and now I feel like I I missed something. What, what were you look What were you looking for? Uh, well, I was trying to take a picture, which was a pain in the ass. I didn't bring a good camera. I only had my phone, uh, and so it's the phone camera trying to focus on uh, the sun is fucking terrible. <laughs> um, and so that was tough. And then
3: uh, yeah, I saw I a just... bunch of like bad photographs of the eclipse that were just like you can barely see a notch in this thing people had a much easier time photographing like um uh the effect it had on um light Shadows. shining through leaves for example
2: yeah that was really cool the the whole like crescent shaped shadow thing is really neat uh, and that just yeah. is, is everywhere um and yeah you could you could also see it if you took a picture of the sun sort of with a naked camera you could see like with the uh lens flare was in the shape of the eclipse too usually so oh that was yeah, a good yeah! Way to, to sort of sneakily get a picture of it. Um,
3: yeah, but yeah, like April was saying when, that. When, um, April was saying that uh, when the we only got partial here, but uh, she was saying that during the partial eclipse, um, uh, one side of her shadow was sharp and the other side was fuzzy.
2: Oh, huh! I didn't notice that
3: which like cool. I was I, I was thinking about the like the mechanics of that for like 3 or 4 minutes and couldn't quite wrap my it like it, it makes sense that like that sort of thing would happen but I couldn't quite wrap my head around um what was actually going on there in an optical sense
2: right after I've the I really
0: understood why a pinhole works to like if you poke a hole in a piece of paper with a pin and then let the eclipsing sun shine through it it will project a picture of the eclipse in light on a on another piece of paper and I have never been able to understand why. Well a That's, pinhole is, just, well, is like a, this isn't... a lens,
2: basically, right? Like it's it's only letting light rays in through a very tiny aperture and that can Well you say that as somebody who knows a lot about how a lens works. Okay. And I do not. Sure. Um so the the idea of like the way that a camera lens works is, is it gathers a bunch of photons uh, and then it passes them through a single point, basically, um, which is the like focal point of the lens um, and then projects them back out the backside of the lens onto whatever sort of plane that you're trying to capture the image on, you know, whether that's film or a CCD or whatever, or it can just be a piece of paper um, where it projects the image, you know, it's and that's inverted and upside down, right? Like it's that's why. When you take pictures and you, like and you look at the film strip, it's all it's upside down compared to what you're normally looking at. Um, they say that about your eyes too, but that's bullshit. I can look at
0: things and see that they're right side up. Take that, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you see the like like uh, backlash that he's been getting lately about like just being sort of a a downer on like cool celestial events? He's like, it's not a big deal, you know these. These eclipses happen every every couple of years and people are like, dude, come on. Just be be into yeah. the like yeah. wonder of the natural yeah. phenomenon. He's he he is just the
0: shittiest version of Carl Sagan. He's like the <laughs> like I mean, I don't know what you expect out of two thousand seventeen at this point, but he's <laughs> two thousand seventeen Carl Sagan. Yeah. <sighs> Jim and I Jim and I did a game jam. Yeah, how'd that go?
2: That was fine.
3: It was, I was—I really liked it. I was—I was pumped for it. Um, you made two I games. I'm this- actually ended up making three games.
2: Three games.
3: What? Yeah. What um, was the theme? Oh, the theme was so this is a uh, the standard input output jam. So this is a game. There the, the constraint on the games is is that a your game has to. Um, be under 256 lines of code, then not counting comments, and B, uh, it can only um, it can only operate like a terminal would. So you can only type commands, and then it prints uh, commands as if it were to a term- terminal. So like you can't uh, position the cursor, so you can't do like a traditional roguelike where it it will repaint part of the screen uh, when you move, and it can't only wait for a single uh, keystroke input. Um, it can only receive a whole line and then you hit enter. Um, and, uh, so it turns out like it's pretty easy to, uh, build a game that just runs up against these constraints really fast. So I ended up making three things just because like, I, okay, I'm at the limit of this one. It's all I can do. I'll make another thing now. Um, the first game I made was, uh, it was called Dig World um, and it is a, uh, a game where you, um, it's what, it's one of those steam world dig kind of games where you're mining a randomly generated, generated area, um, coming back to the surface and resupplying yourself and then going deeper. Uh, and it's, you know, it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun in the same way those games are. Um, it's interesting that like, I was, the reason I chose that sort of game was that I wanted to make a, uh. I wanted to see if I could do like a turn based platformer in the roguelike vein. And it kind of works. Like, there's no jumping, so it's not a platformer in that sense, but it is a platformer in the sense that like, the shape of the terrain matters. You have to work around it. Um, you have to be careful not to fall too far, and you have to be careful to like, you, the way you come back up after going down, after digging down is you, you spend ladders to come back up, and you refill your ladders at the surface, so you have to, um, keep in mind like the shape of the train you're approaching uh did so you that, ever, that's, that's kind of it's kind of fun did you ever play bump
2: jim by i think
3: it was yeah S- i liked Speed. that a
2: lot yeah that that was like a really successful in my mind at least uh sort of roguelike turn-based platformer game
3: <laughs> yeah yeah well i say i liked it a lot but like i mean i played it twice and was like that was clever um but yeah i, I was really happy to see that as just a kind of as a proof of concept that something like that can be done. Yeah. Um, The second game I made was uh, mostly writing. Uh, It's called spoiler roulette. (laughs) Uh, And it's, it's a party game where all the players take turns reading a spoiler just from, from um, pop, from pop culture. And um, if they uh, didn't know, if they understand the spoiler and they didn't know it already they're out of the game so the last person to not be spoiled by something wins the game and so that was mostly like uh me like the most of the time I spent on that was spent like like just cu- researching and coming up with a bunch of different spoilers for a bunch of different uh, uh movies and books and games I got a couple songs in there too how, I spoiled yeah, what, the how end of Norwegian wood <laughs>
0: Oh, like that—that that he doesn't get laid.
3: Well, that he burns her house down after he doesn't get laid.
0: <laughs> oh, I see. I, I didn't listen. I listened to that song a couple days ago, and I p- apparently didn't listen that closely. <laughs> see, to me, the real tragedy is him not getting laid.
3: <laughs> well, he 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 only obliquely like I guess that could be just my interpretation. Uh, he says he lit a fire, and that's the last line in the song.
0: Oh, I assumed you just meant in the fireplace.
3: Oh, yeah, okay. Like,
0: like, all right, well, I'm at least going to get some warmth.
3: Could be. I'm,
0: I'm going to get warmth one way or another.
3: Uh, that, that, that's, you know, that's, so, a more, that's a more charitable interpretation. What
0: uh, was your third game?
3: And the third game was was a sequel to Dig World called Dig World Realms, um, where <laughs> I uh, <laughs> took the, the Dig World mechanics and uh, added designed levels to them, so it became kind of a... A Tomb Raider kind of a thing where you where you enter a sequence of levels and try to retrieve something from them and then leave. Um,
0: oh, so it had realms.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, in fact, like, so I figured out eventually how to put this thing on the Internet. There's a, uh, a website called REPL.IT, repl.it Um, and it provides um, versions of a bunch of um, languages, including Python, that you can just run in the browser and it's remarkably complete, like, uh, what what you can do with it. And so I ended up figuring out how to um, – I put Dig World Realms on there. Um, if you scroll through my Twitter feed, you can find it. Um, and uh, if, if you – what comes up is the source code. And then in another tab is realms.json. And you can just click over to that and, like, edit the levels. And it's actually really uh, – really trivial to to um to mod that game and then you hit play and you can play the game it's uh it's I, I haven't seen anybody like actually do anything with that but conceptually it's really neat that like i i have never made a game that's so easily uh, moddable before
0: how do you how do you run the game
3: or do you have it... Oh, o- never mind. There's a play hit, button.
0: Yeah, you just hit that big play button. Wow, that's great. And I bet this runs PHP. I bet I could put my game on here, too.
2: I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. What it was your game, then? Um,
0: I spent about an hour uh, working on a game and then uh, had a kidney stone, so I had to leave the game jam and go to the hospital. Um,
3: yeah, is, is that taken I, care of?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it just involved, like, 14 hours of agonizing pain and then I was fine so late Sunday I just sort of finished up the game that I had been writing and then <laughs> right. published it to the jam. Um, it it was called Word Wizards uh, and it would randomly generate an enemy for you to fight uh, and describe it and tell you how many hit points it had and then tell you based on what an adjective that described it what letter it was vulnerable to and you would type words that start with that letter Uh, You can't use the same word twice over the course of a game. The longer your word is, the more damage it does. Um, They do damage to you every round. Uh, After every monster you defeat, you can either increase the damage that you do, increase your maximum hit points, or heal your hit points. Uh, So it's just sort of a how many words can you think of that start with a letter and how, uh, how far into it can you get. Um, so it was, it was just sort of like a very simple command line version of Word Realms. And yeah. I called it Word Wizard Realms Realms. <laughs> <laughs> but there aren't any realms in it. They're, 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 you're not ever in a place the way you are in Gems games. Well, although, it, how is your spoiler game even... How is that distinct as a piece of software from, like, a deck of cards?
3: Uh... The software, like, I don't know, it, it, it it's pretty similar. It has the structure of um, asking for the players' names, and then, like... Cl-
0: oh, and then it, it lets you specify when they get spoiled, so it actually tracks game state.
3: Yeah, and it'll,
0: like... Okay, that's nice.
3: It, you can't clear the screen, because it doesn't have that kind of... The, the constraints don't allow that kind of affordance, but um, it will print a bunch of blank lines so other people don't get spoiled by the same thing. Ah, oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's it's, but it is like functionally very similar to a deck of cards.
0: I think this is the first game jam that I've ever done that resulted in a game. Uh, I think yep. owing to the very reasonable constraints. Yeah, congratulations. That, that said, it makes a thing that like no one's gonna play, right? Like, yeah. it, it, like nobody, nobody goes and plays command line games of the sort that are in the. David All, the 1970 David All 100 Basic Computer Games book, right, which was the inspiration for this thing. I mean, I guess ostensibly they're they're taking highlights from this jam and collecting them into a book that like teaches kids how to make games, which is great.
3: Yeah, I I wonder if that's actually going to happen. Um, there weren't like there were only like 20 entries, which I don't know if that's enough to make a book out of. But uh-huh. we'll see. That's surprising. Yeah, I was surprised too that there um weren't that many people interested in this. Um
0: It's weird because to me it was immediately appealing because it was really really easy. Yeah. But maybe that's just because I'm old and spent a lot of my life making command line games in BASIC. Sure.
3: Yeah. Well, also like a lot of the people, I think a lot of the people who um participated in this were not game developers. Mm. I think there are a lot of like um, like there were just the fact that like someone made a game in rust, that guy's probably not a game developer. Um, so I think as a lot of people who um, just kind of happened on this idea and they they maybe think that the David all books are cool, but like these are like people who do like website stuff, probably, you know, working in San Francisco um, and aren't actually game designers. And so I, I think maybe that was, like, the audience that it happened to reach. I don't know. But, Did yeah. Did you grow I,
0: up with those books?
3: I, I had, um, I definitely, I mean, actually, I learned a program out of one of them. So, yeah. Uh, but that was, grow up is, I don't know, it depends what you mean. But, like, I, I I learned a program out of one of them when I was, like, 11 or 12. So. That counts. It, I, I came to it kind of late. Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um. And I do have like uh, a lot of nostalgia for them. Do you think you? I, I bet Zach, you could make a game like this with a not not that quite low amount of work, but like in a weekend uh, in the West of Loathing engine.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm excited to participate in game jams where we would be allowed to bring that engine in and then just make something in it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, uh, and game jams are, like, laid back enough that that's almost every game jam. Like, you couldn't be an official Ludum Dare entrant, but I don't think most Ludum Dare participants actually even enter the contest. I think they are just like, I'm going to make a game, and that's their thing.
0: Yeah, just, I'm also going to work on a small project this weekend.
3: Cool, yeah, me too. The oh, wed- no, I'm
0: saying. That's what alludum That's what eludum. Dara, non Oh, I
3: says. thought you were. I thought you were There's, saying you were doing another game jam this weekend, and I was saying I'm getting married. No,
0: no, I'm just. I'm driving. I'm driving back to San Francisco to go to your wedding.
3: Oh, that is a project.
0: That is a project. Yeah, takes about ten hours. It results in not a very fun game.
3: Uh-huh. Um, it's about about on par with that, desert. That one's bus. already
1: kind of been made, right? That's just a yeah. desert bus.
3: Yep. Oh the-
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'll have to go visit my mom, and then uh, you'll have to move your uh, your wedding to Vegas.
3: <laughs> that would have been much more convenient. I
0: guess I'll have to trade my car for a bus. Right. <laughs> and I'll have to arrange for a bug to hit the windshield once <laughs> and only
3: once. Right. Have
0: any of you ever played Desert Bus?
1: No.
3: Nope. I played the sequel that uh, Ben McGraw made, Space Bus... Where you take a trip to Alpha Centauri in real time. <laughs> Has
1: anyone ever finished it? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That's great. What have you been up to, Riff? Uh, not much. I watched a bunch of animes and basically bummed around on the internet.
0: Was there anything cool on the internet?
1: Um,
3: Did you see any good videos of birds?
1: Oh, not not that that not, not that we haven't already uh, talked about. I don't think.
0: No. Well, end of segment.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Riff meta, Metafilter got into the big argument about whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich, and and did it in in typically metafilter overthinking it fashion. So that was briefly entertaining.
0: Anything? Uh, any highlights from that argument?
1: Uh, probably not really anything we've, that, that you haven't, uh, heard before, but, uh, it, it went a lot into like various structure, possible structures of bread at, versus ingredients with some, with some symbology to, 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 with like equal sign equaling, uh, you know, classical sandwich type and then a U would be like a hot dog shape and an O is a burrito and, and determining whether whether or not a sandwich can be more than one of these possible types. I don't know, it's the sort of thing you have to go and read to understand I guess the, the worrisome drama. the
0: worrisome case there for me, not to just start this conversation on our side, the worrisome case for me is what about when you have a cheap, shitty hot dog bun or an extra greasy hot dog and the uh, bun yeah. splits into.
1: Some somebody actually mentioned that, wondering if then if you then if you feel that a hot dog does not start out as a sandwich, will it accidentally become a sandwich if that happens? And uh, I don't think that person got a satisfactory answer from anybody.
0: I mean, like an open face sandwich is not a fucking sandwich, but if you put another piece of bread on top of it, sure, I would argue maybe it's still not a sandwich.
3: Accidentally, if it just falls there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like if there's a fluke (laughs) breadstorm.
3: I think
1: uh, John Hodgman's determining factor for the whole thing is a hot dog. He said a hot dog isn't a sandwich because you would never cut a hot dog in half and give half to your friend. That isn't true. I feel like
2: it's, it's rare to cut a hot dog in a bun... In half and share it. It's, it's cutting a, an actual just hot dog in half.
0: You know, I, Kevin, I, I, Kevin, I bet you and I have sh- split a hot dog at some point in our I've, in our long and storied friendship.
2: I think you probably just bought a second hot dog. <laughs> in, the, in
0: all those cases. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that probably sounds like something I would do. What about splitting two hot dogs into what if we each got, what if, okay, so here, imagine this situation. We're at a fancy hot dog restaurant. Uh-huh. Neither of us can decide that's, which that's kind a of good start. hot dog we want out of two hot dogs. Right. We buy one each and cut them each in half. And Sure, that's, that's, that's possible. That's absolutely something, we would, so, that's something but, we would do.
2: On the same sort of flip side, uh, have you ever had a chili sandwich where you just order a sandwich and yeah, then you I just, had, just like pour w- a bunch of chili on yeah, top of it? Yeah, a hamburger. No, not on the inside. On the the top.
0: You think the chili on a hot dog is not
2: part of the filling? Uh, I don't know. Because the bread wraps around taco style instead of being in half. It's it has a different yeah. See, I'm totally on board with like I'm not defending hot dog as sandwich, but a hot dog
0: is definitely a taco. I've
3: I've got a more important question, you guys. Do you think chili dog is a pun on hot dog? Uh, Man, Hmm. I don't know.
0: It's not spelled the same as as chili. As a why is chili called chili? Like, is it because it's made with chilies? Right, and why is chili C-H-I-L-L-Y mean, cold when we associate it in food with things that are very hot.
3: Maybe that. Maybe because it's a cosmic a joke.
0: I mean, I think probably chill has one etymology and chili has another etymology, and yeah, most likely cognates. Uh, have you guys uh, have you guys played any video games?
1: Hmm, I'm still playing. Still playing Realm Grinder. I picked up. uh, I picked back up uh, Fallout Shelter to fill in the gaps while I was waiting for Realm Grinder to do things. So now I now I have two clicker games that I can switch between, Hmm. which is terrible. Although they've they've actually. They they added a bunch of new stuff in Fallout Shelter that's kind of interesting. There's like a whole quest system and dungeons now, which is pretty cool actually.
3: Oh, did they add realms to Fallout Shelter?
1: Uh they're not persistent realms. They're like uh randomly generated instances. But like when you send you think, it when you send a guy out to Jim, scavenge. Can you describe NetHack as having realms?
3: Definitely, yeah. Oh, okay. okay so well, yeah, in that they case, sure. It's resistant to be, sure. to be yeah. realms.
1: It's like okay. when you send when you send a scavenger out, he might run across a gas station or a or a shopping center or something, and it and it generates a level using the same engine that it uses for your uh, for your actual vault, and and you just click your guys through these rooms and they fight raiders or mole rats or whatever using the same systems that you use to defend your vault from those guys. And that's kind pick of neat. If stuff. we ever
0: make a video game with a gas station in it, we should call it Fuel Realm. So <laughs> if Jim asks if our game has realms in it, we can say, yeah, you get
1: gas there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I also played a little bit of uh, It'll Do 2. Uh, How's that? It's okay. Um, it'll It'll do... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, they they kind of reversed directions from it'll do one, where whereas it'll do one was the overworld was very small and linear, and the dungeons were and puzzles were super elaborate, and this one has sort of gone back to the basic top down Zelda formula of big open overworld with lots of dudes to hit with a stick and small dungeons with it'll do not very complicated one was puzzles. Like-
0: Dogmatically crazy, nonlinear, yeah, secret, yeah, yeah, puzzle solution. Well, I'm uh, just surprised
2: okay. that you that you described it as linear.
1: Uh, it's been a while since you can I, pick I played up it. I any I, of the powers
2: I, and just solve the game with like one or two of the yeah, powers yeah. that
1: way. But well, my point is that uh, it it didn't have an overworld to speak of. You had a co- You had dungeons that were like right next to each other, and they were big dungeons with a lot of really complex puzzles in them. Whereas this is small dungeons with not a lot of puzzles in them. Like like Zelda-style, more Zelda-style puzzles in them that are like screens and screens apart from each other. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a nice, cute, funny little Zelda game, but it's not cool in the way that It'll Do 1 was cool, because it was the puzzles that were and the the complexity in combinatorics, the the way the different powers combine to do different things, and it'll do one is what was interesting about that game. Whereas this one is just funny Zelda, basically.
0: That's weird that they would they would like step back from the level of like thoughtfulness. Yeah, I mean,
1: unless it changes after unless it changes after a while. But I I did the first two dungeons, and it was like that.
3: I think it it might well be that um, they got they heard from so many people that you know they want to play a funny Zelda that doesn't have such hard puzzles, and that they, they decided to make that. Maybe.
2: It's it's weird to me that they would then call it "It'll Do Too," right? <laughs>
3: Like yeah, why not just yeah.
2: make it a different property if they're gonna change up the formula so much? Because I I haven't played it'll do two yet, but I was I was kind of fully expecting it to be another game yeah. that was really kind of intricately designed.
0: Yeah, because you like loved the first one.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really great. It was super super clever in the way that it was that it came together and that you could solve it with any pair of of the three powers and stuff. It was just really smart.
1: I think that's pretty much all I've played. That's new. Uh, I I'm I I I got right up to like like in uh, in Breath of the Wild, I am at the point where it's time to go to the castle and fight Ganon, and in Dawn of Sorrow, I am at the point where it's time to go to the middle of the castle and fight Dracula, and <laughs> like like happens to me for some reason all the time, where I get right up to the last level or the last boss fight and then fall out of the habit of playing it.
3: But
1: those are both good games.
0: Did you manage to play anything while you were traveling, Kevin?
1: I did not. Yeah,
2: I still, I still have not cracked open my like Hearthstone packs and stuff. So I'm. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. You're gonna I, have so many sick legendaries and golden epics. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping to maybe find some time in the next week or so um, after packs. I think things will calm down quite a bit as well uh
1: we're gonna be at pax by the way i'm gonna i'm just gonna plug that yeah we're
0: gonna be at pax we're gonna be in the indie mega booth uh with west of loathing and we're gonna be in the pax 10 with west of loathing yeah um speaking of which i need to find while i'm in the land where things do not cost a million dollars a cowboy hat
2: (laughs) also the wild west (laughs) And That's cac- true,
0: I am in the Wild West.
2: And also you could find a, a human-shaped cactus to bring back with you. Yeah, that way we don't have to pack the standee. Exactly. Although if I find an actual human-shaped
0: cactus, he won't fold up quite as neatly into a carry-on bag.
2: Well, we'll buy him a seat. Although if line. I
0: fold him vigorously enough, he'll <laughs> whatever I'm carrying him in will be a carry-on bag. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, ca- like, if you... Okay, so this is a this is a good New Yorker comic. A hyena is boarding a plane, and he's carrying uh, he's got a bag of dead uh, animal carcasses, and they're hassling him about it. But he was like, "What? Your policies allow one carrying
3: bag?" Yeah, is that a New Yorker comic? Got it. I think it's a it's a perspective yes. one. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm workshopping it. Sure. <laughs> I guess I haven't read much New Yorker. How, about, no, how about all that?
2: So now we've got the We've got the image, right? And now it's, it's at the back of the magazine and it's, we're all submitting right, uh, right. captions for it, for that image. <laughs> Christ, what an Yeah, Christ, what an, what
1: asshole. an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> or what was the new one? I would like to add you to my LinkedIn profile. <laughs>
0: um. What about you, Jim?
3: I played a bunch of West of Loathing.
0: Yay. Oh, yeah, oh
3: yeah, yeah, pretty pretty good game. I'm enjoying it. I uh, I found six. Uh, I'm almost full up on spittoon items. I'm almost entirely <laughs> wearing those. I'm just missing the pants. Um, I was I was really pleased with where the those uh where those conversations went. Like it, it's very <laughs> very delightful and creative and disgusting I
1: I did my best to try and make them like a little bit different from each other (laughs) yeah yeah. that got (laughs) kind of tough yeah when I had
0: you when I told you to write the first one and then I said there's gonna be six or seven of these so don't like shoot your wad in terms (laughs) of how revolting this is and then the thing that you produced for the first one I was like oh man where (laughs) is he gonna go from here
2: (laughs)
3: Well you can like
0: they're so popular. Everyone loves it. There it is you could do, good. like
3: if you write the you could just write the last one first and then tone it down.
1: Ah. We
2: we talked about that, like yeah. reshuffling them based on which one was the grossest, but uh, we ended up probably yeah, I, I
1: think it I think it ended up being good that the first one people see is super gross. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. That, it seems like it, it seems, seems like about that pulp people making in. them
0: we we talked about making them progressively grosser based on the order that the player found them in, mm-hmm. but it was it turned out to be too good of a of a tool to be able to theme them after where they were.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I I think like it would be an, like I think the because I found in a in while I was testing I found the pants spittoon and I think it's actually really early. Um, yeah. It would be it would feel kind of anticlimactic to find the that final one back at the beginning.
1: Did
0: you ever... Yeah, some of the... They, they ended up being more or less, like, on the main line path, as it turned out.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's also a... Uh, there's a special uh, sort of conversation bit you get if you get to the... If you get to the last one in Frisco without having investigated any of the other ones, then oh, the narrator... The narrator starts out assuming that you're going to be filthy and disgusting, and then you're you're possible response is what are you talking about and and then (laughs) the narrator is like super surprised that that you have actually gone through the entire game and stayed clean
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah there were definitely some moments where like the the narration was like oh i know about you and spittoons and i'm wondering like if that stuff is actually dynamic
1: i think there is some of that uh i would have to check and see if i remembered to do that every time (laughs) But right. I think for sure a that, that did
2: check. I think if you didn't, I added it in. Yeah, good. In general, oh yeah, that, was, that was sort good. of my polish pass level of stuff. Yeah, so I am yeah, now you did a
0: crazy amount of like back end narrative work by <laughs> making sure that it didn't mention things that weren't real for the player. Like, yeah,
2: I, I missed a couple that people have found, but by and large, I I I was pretty careful about trying to find all the edge cases.
0: I, the thing that I love about the development of this game is that it turns out that every single member of the team was our secret weapon,
1: <laughs> like,
0: and we owe it all to intense crunch.
1: <laughs> no, we don't. We don't really owe it all
0: to intense crunch, and I don't want to have this conversation with anyone.
2: Uh, I think the only person we, that, we definitely like, worked really crunched was me, and I, I, that was definitely a voluntary thing. Yeah, and I was
3: urging and, you not to. And it also it ruined, ruined your life.
2: Sleep. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I feel fine. And I, was, I also I played just, a few Kevin, of
3: those. Uh, well, go on. Go ahead. Uh, I also played a few of those STDIO jam games. Um, most of which were either like pretty bad because they weren't made by game designers, like and then just amounted to being equivalent to a die roll. Or, uh, were just too buggy to play. Like, I played a few that seemed like really polished because they had opening cutscenes and then just crashed immediately when the gameplay started, which was unexpected. Um, huh.
0: What did an opening cutscene look like in that context?
3: Uh, just printing, like, uh, print, like, it, it's kind of like if, imagine if you were trying to replicate the, the Star Wars opening crawl, uh, but with figlet fonts.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs>
3: So, like, just printing things on a timer uh, with ASCII art. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it, that part was reasonably well done, and then it just crashes after that. Um, the, the one game that I played that I really liked was called um, Paperclip Maximizer, which is basically uh, uh, Katamari Damacy reimagined as a turn-based clicker So, as uh, well, the idea is you are trying to convert um, the universe into paperclips, and the way you do it is by you start with like uh, tiny objects, and then you you build uh, larger and larger uh, structures to convert larger and larger things into paperclips, and eventually you're you're converting like entire planets into paperclips, and then like galactic arms into paperclips. and the game ends. Uh, are they like, giant I, I,
1: paper clips, or, or are you making like
3: no billions, you're of trillions r- billions of, of them? Yeah. Um, okay. The game they, ends
0: when you turn God into paper clips. <laughs> uh,
3: it, it never, it never gets that far. It stays uh, within uh, what we know of the physical universe. Um, but like it, it's like a 50-60 turn game, um, and then you're scored by how long it took you. So like if you ever wanted to, to play a clicker where you destroy the universe in about five minutes it's it's not bad
2: what what kind Maybe of agency do you have in in that game
3: uh you're just choosing like um like the the choices you make actually aren't that interesting like you can um the choices are you can manually convert things to paperclips. clips you can quote upgrade yourself um which increases the amount of stuff you personally convert to paperclips. clips or you can build bigger and bigger machines that do it automatically every turn. Um, Hmm. so like that part, like mechanically, I don't think it's very solid, but like they did a good job, um, uh, just theming it within the constraints. Um, and the team, it was a two person team and I don't know how to divvy that up, but it was made by Stephanie Wang and Omar Rizwan. Um, who I think might actually be game developers.
0: I'm I'm sad to hear that not that no more people than than did submitted to this.
3: Yeah, it wasn't that many.
0: I guess it I mean it, I guess it targets a real narrow nostalgia range.
3: I I, I, I I it it maybe, but I think it I don't know. I think it's bigger than Bigger than twenty people, certainly. I think it's more a matter of um, just getting the word out. And this is this is the first uh, jam that Al Swigert has organized, so maybe he's just not very good at it yet.
0: Well, second times the charm.
3: Yep. I'll I'll make another one of these.
0: Yeah, so would I. Or something different, but similarly constrained. Yep. Uh I played a couple of games and then I and then I have a couple of things that I realized looking at my uh my Steam recent list that I haven't talked about in previous weeks that I'll that I'll mention real quick but um I played a game called Observer which is a game that was made by the Polish I believe Polish studio that made Layers of Fear which was that like weird horror game that reminded me a lot of uh Clive Barker's Undying that I, that I talked about a few months ago. Uh, Observer is a game where you are Rutger Hauer. <laughs> um, you're a character who looks like Rutger Hauer and is voiced by Rutger Hauer. Um, and you are like in this kind of cyberpunk dystopia where you are a detective who can like tap into people's neural implants and sort of explore their nightmares to figure out what's uh what's going on in the scene it's it's weirdly like walking simulatory, which i guess layers of fear kind of was too it was like a spooky horror walking simulator but there wasn't like gameplay to speak of other than just exploring and and some light puzzle solving which i guess light puzzle solving counts as gameplay but um i like so many things about Observer seem like they would be r- really good, but I I bounced off of it pretty hard because all of the VO was delivered at about half the speed that I think would have been the right speed to deliver it at. Huh. Like, it's like... You're talking to this. So there's there's a scene where you're talking to a character who's like he's the guy that like owns the like flea bag tenement that you're that you're investigating. You know, looking for you know crimes or whatever. And it the the gimmick with this character is that he's had some kind of brain damage from too many cyber implants in the war or whatever. But the way that it manifests is that he pauses for a few seconds between every word of every sentence, and the game is mostly about like conversations with people that you're having through like at least at the point that i got to you're like ringing people's doorbells and talking to them on intercoms and all of the voice stuff was just so slow that i just couldn't stand it anymore and like i wanted to see what happened next and i wanted to get to the next like horrifically violent nightmare sequence or whatever but i just kind of couldn't sit through all of the dialogue even though I cared about the dialogue it was just I just so desperately wanted to be reading the stuff that I was the the text like the straight up like just text that was being delivered to me rather than waiting for someone to read it aloud I know Jim you and I have similar feelings about VO in games in general and I don't know if it comes from the same place or not mine is definitely born of the just and and we had some teachers uh, in the video games hot dog slack say that they just don't do this anymore but like so much of my like of the negative experience that I associate with being in school as a kid was the like okay now the class is going to read this thing aloud and like you you know each kid in turn reads a paragraph and like The slowness with which everybody else read stuff aloud compared to how quickly you could just read it, if you Mm -hmm. were reading it, was just like just nails on a chalkboard for hours at a time. Yeah, do you think it made me me hate school? Like,
3: do you think that that was supposed to like engage both the visual and the audio learners, or something? Was that the idea?
0: I, I mean. It, what I always thought at the time, and I haven't really examined this much, but it, it's like certainly a way for the teacher to not have to do anything for a couple hours, and maybe can go smoke a
3: cigarette. Right. <laughs> like, right. That's that's uh, yeah. Which, let's put on a, this short video for for this class, and then I'll take a nap. Yeah.
0: And that's the feeling that I get from VO in games a lot of the time, and in in Observer like. To the point where it has basically made it unplayable.
3: A lot of games that have VO, you can like push A to uh, skip the line, skip the reading. Is not that that, yeah. that this, was not this, the case th- here?
0: I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't think this. Because ha- I mean, I think there's a lot of like stuff that, and you, you know, you can fix this. Like, I don't remember if like like Firewatch didn't let you skip through dialogue, right?
3: I don't remember.
1: Like they had a lot of world stuff that
0: was either. tied to timing of the dialogue, and so does yeah. this, right? Like it's like the, this thing needs to happen at a certain point in the conversation, and so they're just going to figure out how many frames into the conversation it is, yep. and yeah, and, and make this thing happen. Even and if without you can skip through it, they, they
3: even without that happening, like you're you're not going to have a very good repartee. You know, if you're if the the user has control over when the next line plays, yeah.
0: I mean, it's gonna it's gonna really mess up the pacing if what you want is a glacially paced thing. Like, and also, like, you literally during all of these conversations that you're having with people on intercoms, you literally can't move. And I think the reason that I didn't get this from Firewatch was that you could just be running around and picking stuff up and fucking with things and getting to where you're trying to go. Yeah, that's huge. You're having a conversation, and they like made it like that. That was very much on purpose.
3: Yeah, you know, like, did did you play the first Assassin's Creed? No. The the first game had these really interminable like end of mission or like or even like just even re- repeated missions that you would do over and over again. You would have to hear the same like NPC describing what you did or thanking you for what you did. And it's can't skip it. But what they the concession that they made was that you could sort of walk around in a constrained space while they were talking to you. So, like, you kind of had interactivity while uh, you had to listen to this guy yammer at you for 45 seconds. and that's They let the, you
0: fidget, at least.
3: Yeah, it, lets, it, it helps a little bit, you know? But... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and I played a couple hours today of a game that I actually think maybe m- most of you would like uh called Vostok Inc V O S T O K I N C period um it is like a clicker it's like an incremental game overlaid on a twin stick shooter
1: huh um you huh.
0: you start out you're in a little spaceship and there's a starbase where you can upgrade your spaceship and you're in you're in the Sol system and when you go to a planet you can land there and build buildings that generate income over time and then you have to for a while you have to like go to the planet you have to like fly to the planets on a pretty big solar system map. To collect the money that they're generating via the incremental game mechanics, but there's stuff attacking you the whole time, so you're playing a kind of a Robotron game that's like actually gets kind of hard at times. It's never like it's never like Geometry Wars level of, of difficulty, but it's like it starts pushing it, especially as you get deeper into the game. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty compelling. Like you can also just like land on a planet and then just let your computer sit there like I am right now, generating millions and millions and millions of credits so that you can go back and upgrade and then play a little while later, which is a little weird. Um, but, I mean, that's that's kind of the incremental game DNA creeping in. It's, it's interesting to me mostly because it is a real video game. Like, it is definitely not, a, like, a throwaway, like, just pure time waster nothing of a game, right? Like, you're not only engaging with, like, you know, in, like, a adventure capitalist kind of way. You're not... There's more to it than just optimizing the, like, reinvesting currency to earn more currency faster. There is some of that, but there's also kind of a cool spaceship game. Um,
3: and what platform the is this for?
0: Is, uh, it's a PC game. Okay, it's just on Steam Um, the writing is pretty bad Uh, it's like you'll get your guy you have like a liaison from the company that you're working for who just like tells you what's going on all the time and they you know there's like an antagonist in every solar system that has a little repartee with that guy and all of those conversations are two or three times as, as long as they should be and every once in a while the guy will just break in to kind of meme at you. <laughs> like, at a certain point, like, he just opened the radio channel and said, It's a me, Jimmy. Because his name is Jimmy. And I was, like, waiting for the second line where they made that a joke. <laughs> but it, <laughs> oh, no. just never, it just never came. Like, it's, just, hey, remember It's a me, Mario? I just said that, but I replaced the word Mario with the word Jimmy, which is my name. And that's kind of the gag, which... It, that's like, like oh okay. I'll just ignore all the writing in this game now that you've done that. Like I, like I. Th- thank you, thank you for that. Like basically, like the loading screen tip. It's okay to skip all the text in this game. Like <laughs> is effectively, what that joke consisted of. Um, but I mean, you know, if if you if you are not averse to uh, a sort of like psychologically manipulative clicker game, and you like. Robotron uh you could do worse than Vostok Inc.
3: Yeah, it sounds um, sounds interesting. Go, I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, and I don't remember how much it costs. I think it's like actually like ten or fifteen bucks though, maybe. So it's it's not like uh it's not like a total impulse buy. Um the the couple things that I played over the last few weeks and just forgot to talk about on the relevant podcasts were um one, I played a game called Quern, Q-U-E-R-N. With the subtitle Undying Thoughts, um, which is just, a, it's a mist. Uh, I learned about it on the Crate and Crowbar because it's it's like a couple years old. Um, but but uh, Chris Thurston was, not Chris Thurston, uh, Tom Sr. was playing it recently and, and talked about it. And it's like, it's just straight up like mist. Like, if you're like, hey, remember mist? I want more of that. Like that's what corn is. You're wandering around an island filled with weird machines and figuring out how they work and learning a, learning a secret alien language that changes the nature of reality. Like it's yeah. real mist, Sounds not good real to me. mist, like the <laughs> shitty 3D version. But yeah, no, I, I, riff. I, I think this would be like super up your alley. It is. It it has the feeling that I have begun to associate with certain first-person games of the last year or two of being slightly compromised because of VR. (laughs) Like, you could play this game in VR, and because of that, the design is constrained in a way that it wouldn't be if it were just a, like, WASD and mouse first-person game.
3: What's an example? Like,
0: I, I can't really point to anything. Like... It's. It will. It will sometimes like insist that you be standing in a certain place, like that's not really the way that it would be if it were a totally unconstrained three D space. Because like in VR, you would be able to like lean forward and look at this thing, but you can't in a normal third person view, like or normal first person view. I I like. I almost didn't bring up this point about it because I don't know that I really have the ability to articulate it. It's just, it's a feeling that I've started to get about certain games. I'm like, oh, this feels a lot like a VR game. And because of that, there are going to be some limitations that are applied to it that wouldn't need to be if they weren't also developing it for VR at the time. Right. Um, And then I played a game that I had a real uh, arc with real quick uh called the dark side detective um this it, it it is a game that is a pixel art adventure game that looks awesome it's like it did did any of you guys play lone survivor yeah i remember that it so it's it uses pixel art it's very very low resolution pixel art, like your character is a humanoid of about like sword and sorcery super brothers proportions, but but you know like a quarter of the screen tall like the pixels are very, very big, but the pixels often have a texture on them, and there are there are really nice lighting effects, so it's like it's like very very much the like modern like interesting way of like using pixel art as a visual aesthetic without actually having any of the constraints of of pixel art Um, and it's it's you you are a detective and it is a sequence of cases where there's some like lovecraft transdimensional bullshit going on and you just have to go do these like sort of like mild adventure game puzzle solving things to like figure out what's going on in this case and i played through the first case and i was like this is awesome that i'm so excited that there are five or six more of these in this game. And then the next day I went and I played through the second case and at the very end of it there is a fucking 15 puzzle. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I just I just won't do it. Like I thought okay, I'm going to spend 30 seconds on this because it's possible that they made it an easy 15 puzzle so that they wouldn't actually inflict this. Like Maybe they thought about they maybe they they changed their mind too late in development like they realized that how terrible of an idea this was so they hamstrung it and just made it oh let's just make it easy so people can more or less skip it but like nope just a big pain in the ass fifteen puzzle where it's like it was like a kind of a uh, pipe dream fifteen puzzle where you were trying to like route a route electricity from one end to the other by, by sliding tiles around with different configurations of wires on them, and I messed with it for a few minutes, and I just, like... It made me so sad, because I'm just not going to play any more of
1: it. <laughs> like... And at least it's not Towers of Hanoi.
0: <laughs> that at least would have been... Like, Towers of Hanoi is tedious and pointless and not interesting or fun, but at least it's not hard, you know? <laughs> like, there's only there's only so... And I, I mean, like, I guess if when I was a kid I had mastered the basics of the 15 puzzle, a 15 puzzle, no matter how complicated, would not be that hard either. But, like, I didn't. So I couldn't just look at this and solve it. And, man, just... Ugh, so sad. I just... I wish that you could skip that part. Like, I wish that you could... I wish that I could just go to the next case, but I can't, because you have to have solved both of the first two to unlock the third one. It makes me real sad. But I guess they got my money, and it's not like I'm going to leave them a bad Steam review for the 15 <laughs> puzzle. I mean, it's not like they aren't allowing me to change the FOV. <laughs> what was the name of that again? Anyway, those are my... Uh, the Dark Side Detective. Okay. You I, like it's it's tonally up your alley. It's 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 like pratchety, you know. It's not like in the in the you. There is a part where it, it like this too gets a little. It depends on your tolerance for like memeiness, but like you go to a library, and then when you realize that when you reveal like all the ghosts that are causing problems in the library, they're like the ghosts of Douglas Adams and Terry Pratchett and hmm. uh, Nikola Tesla and H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and uh, all the other things that you would expect some dork to make ghosts of in their <laughs> meme in their meme game. But um, those were actually fine. But maybe I only think that because of the 15 puzzle. Maybe I would have been like, I don't know, if I had gotten to the roof and it's like, hey, here's like an infinite supply of bacon. You just have to take bacon to everybody like it would have been frustrating for a different reason. But anyway, there was nothing like I could understand somebody criticizing the, the writing in this game for being too like meme lordy, but it didn't bother me that much. But, like I said, maybe that's only because the horrible gameplay trope just totally overturned all of the good feelings that I had about the whole thing. Anyway, should we talk about our assignment, Slime Rancher?
1: Sure. I, like, just this minute finished uploading the video of it and posting it to Twitter.
0: (laughs) Did you get a chance
2: to play it much, Kevin? Uh, I played probably an hour and a half of it, uh, mostly today.
3: Um, yeah, that's about how much I put in.
2: I don't it, have it's... a sense of how far into it that is. I didn't get to unlock any of the like other areas around the main encampment. Um, I yeah. saw, I don't know, five or six different kinds of slime, and went through a couple day night cycles and started farming some stuff. Like, yeah, it seems I...
3: fun. <laughs> yeah so like I I filled some corrals with a bunch of different slimes yeah and they mutated into a kind of slime that killed everything on the ranch yeah um, and then that happened again <laughs> um but like' You didn't it was,
0: keep them separated like the offspring uh, exhorted you to no I
3: didn't they didn't play that song so I didn't know I had to I was <laughs> I, I thought I, I thought I might crossbreed them and find some cool like Pink tabby slime. I think I did, in fact, do that.
1: Yeah, you, you can't just some... if they crossbreed yeah. tr- too much.
3: Yeah. Right, I, right. I started off by um,
2: farming like a bunch of the pink slimes, like, or like gathering them and putting them in my basin. I was like, and then shortly thereafter, I gathered every single fucking last pink slime and shooting them into the ocean. Because <laughs> <coughs> fuck those guys. Those,
3: yeah. Really? Why don't you like
2: them? They're just because they eat everything, right? So you can't leave them alone but they make in a the place plurks. yeah they'll eat they'll eat all the meat cuz they'll get out of their cage and then eat then they'll hop into one of the like um coop things for the for animals and they'll just eat all your animals and it's just bad scene uh oh, you don't, are you don't there want them, animal they're, they're, coops?
1: I didn't see one
2: yeah there's 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 coops for animals um, you can make a chicken coop did you say poop not
1: yeah. coop no animal I said poops coop uh i and yeah, i could
0: you can you can you can make a chicken coop i couldn't
2: yeah. get the the chickens to to propagate i think because i only had hens i think i needed a rooster in there or something no, i mean really you should understand that at your age <laughs> <laughs> um but like with the slimes they'll just they'll just eat food and poop stuff out but, but the yeah. i think that i think you need to like actually breed the the birds I'm not sure. that. This pink yet, though.
1: slimes look delicious, though. Let me tell you. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, I, I, I really can- like the way this game looks. And I'm really enjoying, like, just feeling like I sort of am getting a grasp on how, like, the, the slimes behave in a very kind of mysterious way. Like, what the interactions with each other have, they have. Um, and I, I'm enjoying like sort of half wrapping my head around that but still being surprised by it um, I'm enjoying exploring the world finding new stuff yeah it's this is yeah. a this is a cool game
1: yeah fun I like wandered around and found some kind of ancient slime temple with a locked door that I needed a slime key to open so I was like <laughs> well holy yeah, crap I mean,
0: <laughs> uh, you find a bunch of those how do you get a slime key
2: How do you get like how do you open the lock? T- spherical chests, too. Like,
1: I haven't seen a lot of, of mystery Yeah, I don't
0: know. I found, I found one of those and it was, it was locked. I think, like, looking at some kind of achievement screen or something, there's only, like, three of those in the world. Huh. <clears throat> I am... Um, I like games like this, and I like this one. This one is very charming. But I feel like either I'm bad at making money or the way that you make money in this game is too slow relative to what new game features cost hmm. to, to justify like,
3: yeah, that might be the case for me too. Like I, I, I definitely, the, the pace that I was making money, at, I was like, I'm, I'm probably not going to reach the, the unlock the new branch of the, the ranch. Finding
2: um the favorite food of a, of a slime that like gives you coins that uh, or whatever they're called, splorts or whatever, um, that are worth more. Like that that's another reason the pink ones are bad, because theirs are worth so little. Um, but like I think the Q berries or whatever, um, those in the and the firefly ones, like I think the firefly ones like the Q berries or whatever they're called. And so they give you double gems for every fruit that you feed them mm. and so that you can you can just really collect a lot uh, of those ra- really rapidly uh, and then make a bunch of make a bunch of currency in a single sort of outing um,
0: yeah I finally upgraded a pen to be able to keep those things in the dark the first time I collected a bunch of them they just died when the sun yeah. came out because I, yep. I was like oh okay I didn't
2: read the slimepedia. Um, I think it is tuned for, for people who kind of know how to do stuff, though. I think I think it is a little unfriendly at the yeah. beginning, because it, it does feel real slow to start.
1: And just kind of baffling. <laughs> and just, like, I uh, couldn't figure... Like, I was looking around for some way that would let me create and process my own food without having to wander around to all the tiny little carrot patches and pick up six carrots at a time over the course of an hour <laughs> and it's like well did you not figure out how to build any, yeah. anything like did you not, I this, not read the the menu, no, the, the, menu the, the menu that has
0: the chicken coop in it also has a garden in it where you can oh i totally didn't find whatever machine like, that was uh, the, it's just all the squares everywhere in your ranch that have like a button on them that lets you like build a corral or build a coop or build a garden like yeah you can turn one carrot into like 16 carrots every day
1: oh okay maybe i didn't pay enough attention because i just turned those i just turned those into more slime coops
0: oh yeah yeah there's a bunch of things you can build you can build an incinerator which i guess is for murdering
2: slimes
3: (laughs) Uh, that sounds useful
2: just shoot them into the ocean shoot them into the ocean I say that, and who yeah, knows? Maybe maybe the ocean is now just full of these slimes, and I like the next time I yeah, go down you to may the, have totally the gradually ecology. more and more pink. Yeah. yeah. The very first thing I did was jump into the water, and it just it instantly kills you and sends you yeah. back, and you lose everything that you're carrying, and you start a new day, and I was really sad. Yeah.
0: I wish there was a way to accelerate time, because like I'm always done doing everything that I want to do at like 10 a.m. and uh-
3: well, I don't know when you can, when you can do this, day. but one thing you can do is you can... Yeah, if you go to the house, you can sleep to the next day.
0: Yeah, but I want it to be nighttime so that I can... Uh, now that I've got my pen, that I can uh, go collect some some sparkly glow slimes. Oh, uh, I see. Um, I want to sleep until nighttime, like Jim or Riff. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Um, well, I, I mean, I don't know that... I have a ton more to say about this. It's a good game.
2: Yeah, I feel like there's probably a lot more to it than I'm aware, and so yeah, it's hard to know like what what happens, you know, five hours down the road. Um, but it seems like there's a lot. I bought more one to of the expan- to... the like Wildlands expansion, and like now there's just like
0: chickens spawning everywhere over there. So that's like a it's like a nice chicken supply. Yeah, that's cool. So you can. Raise some tabby slimes. The the thing that buys your slime poops from you, uh, seems to indicate that there are five times as many types of slimes as I've found in yeah. the world. So, yeah, really curious. Well, uh, our next assignment that we kind of decided on uh, well it was only Kevin and I on the call, so this might be a surprise to everybody else, is a game called Space Word Ho, which was suggested by Patreon backer Hand of All Rats. Um, Do you think that means that he's playing a card game where rats are a suit and he has a flush?
3: That makes sense.
0: So, Spaceward Ho, I want to say, is like a Mac video game from the 90s, maybe? Uh, But there's a telephone version of it. Yeah, the first version released in 1990. Um, Yeah, it was a Mac game from 1990. And it's like, it seems like a really... Dreamlined 4X game it's like planets with cowboy hats are the main piece of iconography for it so uh, yeah it's uh, anyway. it's Patreon backer suggestion that uh, I think even though we're uh, headed to PAX we, it might be two weeks before the next show as a result of PAX um, because we're going to be in airplanes uh, a lot of us on the day that we would normally record but um, yeah space word ho oh hey it's by New World Computing I did not know that uh, headed by John Van Canningham, the creator of uh, Might and Magic series and oh. uh, Nuclear War. Did it, did any of you guys ever play that Nuclear War game? No. Mm-hmm. It was like an 89 or 90 DOS game that was just a a sort of like political satire, n- nuclear war board game, kind of. It just all of the characters were just sort of like parody versions of world leaders from the 80s. Um. Anyway, it was it was cool and it was made by the people that made Might and Magic. And so was this, Space Ward Ho. Uh, guys, do you know who this episode of Video Games Hotdog was brought to us by? Who? I have no idea. Our generous Patreon backers such as Space Ward Ho.
1: <laughs> Space Ward Space Ward Cleaver. I remember him. <laughs> Edge Binks. Uh Br- Brad Bread Redemption. Br- <laughs> Did
0: you say Brad Dead Redemption. Brad Bread
1: Redemption.
0: Oh, Brad Bread Redemption. Okay. Yes,
1: I guess it should be Redemption, and then he can be then he can survive the apocalypse. <laughs>
0: That's true cuz his name is Brad Bredemption. <laughs> Grandma Otto. Brosby,
3: (laughs) Brasby. of a vibrato. Grandma
0: Grandma F. Tarkin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 300 of uh, Video Games Hot Dog with you, and listeners, I'm sorry that such a momentous numbered episode uh, turned out to be such a disappointment, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we we do what we can.
3: We do the worst we can. It's going to be okay. Um,
0: yeah, we love you, everybody. We do. Good Good
1: night,
3: everybody. Good
0: Good
1: night.